This episode of the Oh, I Had That podcast is sponsored by TimeWarpJunkie.com. TimeWarpJunkie.com. Are you looking for sweet throwback clothing, accessories, and home decor? Then head over to TimeWarpJunkie.com. That's TimeWarpJunkie.com. Listening to the Oh I Had That podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse. All right. It's great to be back. Are you ready? Hello? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Are you ready for this? (laughs) It's a little blindsided. (laughs) Um, Well, let me check. I got a microphone in front of my face. I have some headphones on my ears. Yeah, I think I'm ready. (laughs) Because we're going back, way back. To the 1990s, and we're going to talk about teen movies. It's not it's not as far back as we usually go, though. <laughs> it's still far back. Man, even 2000 seems well, Last year, we were in the 80s for the <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. This time, we're, we're taking that DeLorean a little bit forward from the 80s. Probably start around 95 with, uh, with uh, maybe uh, the Clueless ushering it in, right? So, okay... Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that like did not RSVP. So I was like totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and like people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. I'd say that was the first real um movie that brought us back to that teen genre that really stands out to me you know we had that in the 80s you know john hughes really probably ushered it in by the way uh john hughes would have been 69 on february 18th 69 dude (laughs) well we're doing high school movies so that's a good joke for it (laughs) i yeah bill and ted 3 is coming back isn't it oh my god bill and ted 3 I forget what they said it was going to be called. I think there's like already a working title, but but they're going to start filming in like March, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. They're going to wow. be like uh pa- like old men and they never wrote that song that would save the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, you can't have George Carlin in it. Yeah, who are they going to get to play that or Rufus? Maybe nobody. Maybe they'll be so old. I mean, well, Rufus is a time traveler, so he could still exist. It's true. Well, I hope they don't do anything with Rufus. Yeah. 
Uh, getting back to what you were saying about John Hughes, John Hughes just made the the, the most iconic ones of the eighties because yeah. there were plenty of teen comedies oh, all throughout yeah. the eighties. Yeah, from from the early eighties all the way through eighty nine, and then they just kind of fell off. Like I mean, you never really saw them for a long time. I mean, a- even Clueless was kind of you know on its own little island before they really start pumping them back out yeah because uh, i end mean of the 90s. i guess 95 they was clueless right and then they didn't really start up again until maybe like 97 98 so uh yeah most of what we talk about today will be the end of the 90s <laughs> yeah but uh yeah because the 80s were a lot of raunchy teen comedies like porkies and you know even meatballs was a little edgier but um, John Hughes definitely brought us the ones that are a little bit more wholesome, a little bit more high school based. Like, oh, you want to see some raunchy teen comedies? Go back to the seventies. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, Crown International made <laughs> made a lot of those movies. Uh... Well, they had vans that they could fuck in. So, oh, Jesus. What? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of vans 70s. in the seventies. I don't know what was going on with the film industry in the seventies. Everybody was. It was sex exploitation, sex obsessed. So, they, they, <laughs> well, you had to get it somewhere. There was no internet. They brought it back with uh, a little movie we'll talk about tonight in '99. Uh, kind of ushered in that uh, that edgy teen comedy again. But what do you? I mean, what are your memories of? Let's start with Clueless. I mean, let's just dive right in. Okay. Did you Clueless? see? Do you remember seeing Clueless like in the theater, or was that still too? I did. I saw it in the theater. Wow. I rode my bike to the Northtown Theater from my house. Imagine that. That's crazy. I mean, I think my first memory of it would have been seeing it at home. I don't think I was going to the theater for that one. Yep. I rode but my was, bike. God, also... that had to have been 10 miles that I rode my bike to see oh that movie. Oh, my God. You really wanted to see Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just. It was a teen movie. I was 15 when it came out. Wanted well, to see it. I didn't see from the trailers though. It really struck me as oh, this is a movie for like girls. I'm I'm not into this. But then when I saw it, it was a hilarious movie. It was actually yeah. It it invented its own dialogue. It was yeah. basically the Valley Girl uh, of twelve years later. And it was like making fun of the Valley Girl thing. It was kind of like tongue yes. in cheek and yes. I mean, well, Amy Heckerling, you know, she's the, the director of that, and she did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's an amazing. She movie. she didn't write Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That was Cameron Crow. Yeah, but she definitely, uh, you know, she 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 was there for Fast Times, and she she rocked it with Clueless, and not so much with the uh, Loser, which we might actually talk about later in this episode. We could do a whole episode on Fast Times. Wow, well, we could. <laughs> oh, Loser. Although it was never really part of my formative years, I I didn't yeah. see that until much later. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like seeing Clueless, once once I did get around to seeing it, it was just blown away by how funny it was. It was not any by any means just geared towards teenage girls. I didn't think so anyways, but, and then, you, you I mean, you have things like Alicia Silverstone to look at when you're a teenage boy, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have MTV and the Aerosmith music videos. Yeah. Her and Liv Tyler. So weird though to like watch it now and see Paul Rudd and know like why we love Paul Rudd now after everything he's done, <laughs> and he's so da- like downplayed in that movie and not the Paul Rudd that we love. Yeah, and 
Yeah. Guy doesn't age. He never no, ages. He doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if I went back and watched it, I'm like, okay, he does age. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a there was a point in his career, maybe for like 15 years, where he just looked the same. We go back and look up the Super Nintendo commercial he was in. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like such a kid. Um, He's got a Dorian Gray situation up in his attic, definitely. <laughs> well, Keanu was like that for a long time too, but now I think he finally turned the corner. He looks a little older. Well, he started growing a beard. Yeah, maybe that's why. Um, one of the things that I like about Clueless, uh, infinitely quotable. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it has its own like soundboard that you can go back to. Just like Ace Ventura. Remember Ace Ventura when that came out? Mm-hmm. Every kid in the school was talking just like trying to do Ace their Ventura. Ace Ventura. <laughs> oh yeah, just and uh, all of his catchphrases and whatnot and. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why I was thinking about Ace Ventura earlier today. <laughs> had nothing to do with this podcast, but for some reason I was thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, what was I? Th- I think it wasn't Ace Ventura that said "suck me sideways." Oh, really? Was it? It sounds like something he would say, but I'm not. I'm not totally sure. Maybe it was the cable guy that said that. <laughs> I know it was Jim Carrey. Oh God. Yeah, but that movie was. Everyone was quoting that movie, so I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Just the, the dumbest stuff. It, it, isn't my house classic? The columns date all the way back to 1972. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and even like driving the car and she misses the stop sign. And she's like, I totally paused. I totally paused. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, my uh, – my physician says I can't do any activities where balls are flying at my nose or whatever. She's like, there goes your social life. <laughs> oh, so good. But yeah, it's so weird how we they have that movie and it's such a big hit. And then Hollywood doesn't ring back really with that style or that genre for, you know, another few years. But I mean, I guess we did have The Craft in 96, which... The Craft was kind of a teen movie, but I think it was more playing into like horror and thriller more than anything, but Oh, the, the emo classic, The Craft. Yeah. There was definitely a, a a clique of kids in my high school at least. Our high school. Although I don't think you were in high school in 96, were you? Cuz I was barely in high school in 96 no, and you were 2 years behind me. 90 Yeah, well 96, 97 was my first Okay. Well, year, the craft yeah. was rated R, and I was 16, and I was seeing R-rated movies in there uh, when I was 16. You know, if you just find the right person to sell you a ticket. Yeah. Uh, but the craft is not one of them that I saw until video, and ironically enough, I think I've only seen it one time, and that was on video, like like fall of '96, because it came out May May 3rd or something like that. I mean, we'll like go... a week before Twister. So I didn't really care about the craft. I wanted to see Twister. Yeah. Um, Twister. <laughs> I think I saw <laughs> Twister at East Bethel Theater. So did I. And then um, I even saw Twister, I think, again at Springbrook when it was a dollar. Yeah. I saw it at the drive-in. Oh, the drive-in. I saw it three times. That would be a great place out. to see Twister now. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah, because... There is a scene where driving gets ripped up by a twister. <laughs> but um, the craft kind of takes us down a road where I think we'll save this for another episode, but talking about like teen horror and slasher movies where you go into like 
96 also had Scream, which I think that might have been one of the earliest R-rated that I got into at the theater. Because mm-hmm. um, I definitely, I definitely have memories of seeing Scream. I mean, everybody had to see Scream. It's kind of a took everyone by the took us by storm that when that came out. Was that a summer release? No, it was a Christmas release. Oh, that's right. That I I remember that because I ran into that last year and I I was like. Why did this come out at Christmas? <laughs> so, yeah. good old dimension films. But yeah, I mean, you miss them. After the craft, it's really like you run into like 98, 99 when the bulk of these teen movies really hit the theaters. Yeah. I mean, 98 had Can't Hardly Wait. And then you had to you had to wait. Even if you couldn't hardly. <laughs> Can't hardly wait has to be my, maybe my favorite of all of these teen movies. Time to get freaky! Their first night of freedom. He is the most dope guy in school. Yeah, and school's over. Was their last chance. Amanda? To say what they want. God, you're a hottie. Hey, can I see you naked? Do what they feel. Maybe I should wear a hat. Listen here, Hootie. Hootie! And be who they are. I wonder how William was doing at the party. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs! Can't hardly wait. Made a PG-13. Opens everywhere June 12th. Can't hardly wait is definitely closest in spirit to like a, a like a throwback John Hughes movie. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, Seth Green is essentially John Cryer, <laughs> he's right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's like the the nerdy kid trying to be something. Like he's an not. Anthony Michael Hall, uh, yeah. John Cryer kind of combination kid. I mean, can't really wait. Let's just go through it real quick. Can't really wait. You know, you have the girl, the cheerleader, the prom queen. Everybody's crushing on, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Her character's name is Amanda Beckett, and uh, unrequited love. Wait, wait, wait. Peak Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. Right in the prime the prime spot of Jennifer Love Hewitt. But Jennifer Love Hewitt, I mean, even today, she's she's still peak in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess. She's doing okay on Fox's nine one one, I think, and uh her Instagram stories. Um I thought she was on Criminal Minds. No, she's on that nine one one show. She's like a uh, operator, a uh, 911 operator. Oh, yeah, she was off Criminal Minds in 2015. But then mm-hmm. you have Ethan Embry. It's also kind of like peak Ethan Embry. He had a sweet spot there in the mid God, that guy comes up on our podcast a lot. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, we talked about him with uh, all, all I Want for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And, e- and Dutch. Ethan Randall. So before that. <laughs> it's crazy how long he's been around. Him and Seth Green have been around a long time. Seth Green. Can't buy me love in '87. Seth Green was in, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. and there's another one who doesn't age, Seth Green. But Ethan Embry plays Preston Myers in Can't Hardly Wait, and he's got some unrequited love for Amanda Beckett. That's kind of the main, the A story of the movie is him trying to track her down to to let her know how he feels before uh, leaving for his. Uh, I think he has like an internship or something that he's leaving right after graduation for. Yeah. Um, but then we talked about Seth Green. He plays Kenny Fisher. It's kind of like a um, 
a suburban white kid trying to be more inner city, loving rap music, calls himself Special K. <laughs> and then you have uh, Peter Facinelli playing a teenager at around 23 years old or so in real life. His name is Mike Dexter in the movie. He's the that's the what jock. they did. Yeah, you hired all these movies had older playing I mean, playing younger. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. is probably forty. <laughs> God, stop! <laughs> but uh, Mike Dexter, Peter Facinelli's character, was the stereotypical jock and prom king and Amanda Beckett's uh, boyfriend. But when the movie begins, she, he had broken up with her, so he's trying to have fun the summer before college. And then you run into Ethan Embry's uh, platonic best friend uh, Denise Fleming, played by Lauren Ambrose, who. I believe I really only know from this and uh, Six Feet Under, but I think she's done quite a bit of TV work. Um, she's really good in that movie. Yeah, that's a character that's kind of understated, but she's done a lot of TV since. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know. No, she had a future for sure from that movie. And then our uh, one of our favorites, just based on the nostalgia of his work, is Charlie Cosmo. Playing the nerdy William Lichter. In the Our movie. neighbor. <laughs> so you, you said that before. He grew up in Minnesota, huh? He grew up in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Well, he's from North Dakota, but yeah. Oh, okay. I remember uh, when Dick Tracy came out and Hook and What About Bob, all in that span of a couple of years. Uh, yeah, he was a big deal be- around here because he was, you know, he, he was a child actor who grew up around here. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he was in, like you said, Dick Tracy, Hook, uh, What About Bob, uh, and pops up in Can't Hardly Wait. A little bit older, but still still able to tell who he was. Be like, that's a seven, kid from... Seven-year hiatus between movies. It's <laughs> a kid from Hook. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Can't Hardly Wait, he kind of indefinite hiatus, huh? <laughs> uh, he was in something last year called Chained, Chained for Life. Really? Looks like it's just, it back? looks like it's just some independent movie. Huh. I know but that. But no, I think he went to work in law. Well, I think he earned a degree in physics from MIT, actually. Hmm. And then, yeah, who knows where he went after that. But, yeah, smart kid. Huh. But, yeah, huh. those are the main players in Can't Hardly Wait. And,. It all kind of takes place at uh, they just graduated. It opens at their graduation ceremony, and then there's like, oh, did you hear about the big party? And the whole movie's basically centered around this huge last party that the the seniors are having at this random house of a character who you see running around uh, getting more and more agitated and mad as her house gets destroyed. Um, hmm. But, yeah, it kind of centers on Ethan Embry trying to track down – Amanda Beckett and tell her how he feels and give her a letter he wrote like years prior. Um, and, and if anybody's confused, this is the movie that you have uh, bombarded your Instagram with in the past week, correct? <laughs> yes, and I did clear that up, yeah. Oh, okay. Just That's letting good. everyone know. Uh, I kind of give a teaser. I'll, I'll let everyone know why I've had so much can't hardly wait love over the last week, but it was just leading up to it, uh, letting everyone know we're going to be um, – talking about teen movies on the latest episode of the podcast so gotcha 
So yeah, we uh, I have cleared that up for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely the top of my list. I don't know if it just came out at the right time too, like being kind of like a junior, uh, sophomore, junior in high school, um, and going to see this movie, and it's just a great um, movie to see at that age. And um, yeah, this was like a week after I graduated. Maybe not even. I think it might have been the week, the week that I graduated. Wow. So it was like June 98 release? June 12th, 98. Yep. Yeah, so, so I was going into my junior year. Wow. They put this out on the perfect weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's that's another movie. It's got plenty of quotes. It's a quotable film. It's just a fun like high school party movie. And Do you know what the other two wide releases were that week? I don't. Six Days, Seven Nights mm. with Anne Heche and Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford, Ford. Yeah. stranded on an island, and Dirty Work. Oh, my God. Dirty Work. <laughs> Bob Say It's Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. I saw – And Chevy know, Chase. We didn't touch on it, but um, I just let everyone know, like, this, like, late 90s, all these releases are kind of in a sweet spot where you and I actually worked at a movie theater, so um, – I mean, even Six Days and Seven Nights, I saw that at the movie theater because, I mean, we saw everything for free. So I saw that. I saw Dirty Work. Mm -hmm. um, I saw Can't Hardly Wait a couple of times. <laughs> but, yeah, Dirty Work's one that doesn't get the love that it deserves. That movie's hilarious. When <laughs> um, uh, Artie Lang's, like, um, mooning the people on the sidewalk and Norm MacDonald pulls over and, and parks. And he's parks, like, like, right next to the... <laughs> I'm looking at the buy and sell ads. Maybe we can sell something. Just look for a job. All right, all right. Hey, hey, movie line coming up. He was supposed to keep driving. He's like, oh, he was supposed to keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It definitely has some funny moments, but I don't know if I'd call it a good movie. Uh, well, I thought it was funny at least. You laughed enough. I, I laughed quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. Chris Farley gets an uncredited role in that movie. <laughs> at least I didn't get my nose bitten off by a Saigon whore. <laughs> He's got no nose. <laughs> it's like the tip of his nose is gone. <laughs> Just let a note to self. Remember to get ass wart cream for the giant wart on my ass. <laughs> I love his delivery. Did you watch his show on Netflix? His little talk show that he does? Um... Norm, Norm McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, yeah, it was so – it had this weird timing to it. I couldn't it get into it. Well, it's not edited, it doesn't seem like. It's, yeah. It seems like it just flows, like a, like an actual conversation. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it definitely has, like, this weird flow to it, and it just was hard for me to get into. But, I mean, that's kind of Norm McDonald, so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not big on those interview shows, period. I don't like the Tonight Show and all those. I don't watch them. They're, they're so canned and rehearsed and everything is timing and mm -hmm. eh. Just, let, it, just let, let a conversation flow organically. Yeah. 
And then I hate how they do like, oh, uh, weren't you saying? And they kind of lead them into like this bit or this story that they're. Oh yeah, to. definitely. It's like, <laughs> tell us a story that uh, would seem interesting on TV. Is what they're really saying. Anytime a stand-up is on there and on the couch or the you know getting interviewed and not just doing stand-up, they lead them into it one of their bits as if it was a story. It's so annoying. <laughs> yep. It's like yep. Ju- totally. You should just have them do stand-up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, like we're, talk, talking to some random uh, like third-tiered actor <laughs> towards the end of the show, and it's like, did I did I hear that you had a run-in with a giraffe? <laughs> like, why would you hear that? Anyway, oh. I digress. Let's we're get told, back to we're told this is we're not talking about team movies at all right now. <laughs> no, right. can't hardly wait. So that's high on your list. Yeah, I put it up there in the top five. It's probably. It might, based on what we talk about here, it might it might have the one spot right now, but something else might knock it out. It is on Blu-ray. I do. Mill Creek put it out. Mill Creek is not my favorite uh, Blu-ray producing outfit, but they did put it out. The thing about Mill Creek is they are always cheap. They're under ten bucks. So. Yeah, it was like seven something at Walmart, but it's supposed to have some like twenty-year reunion stuff on it. I'd I'd like to grab it, but I I now I own it on iTunes, so. Oh, there you I go. I haven't grabbed the Blu-ray, but well, I mean, Can't Hardly Wait was pretty much the only teen movie from Clueless until we got to 1999, when there was just this deluge, like somebody turned on a faucet and <laughs> nine uh, teen movies just fell under our laps. Like, what the hell happened? I'm not so sure because they had to have been filming at the same time, so I don't. I don't quite understand. I mean, she's all that was the first one in January, but I mean, you had some in February, March, April. Yeah, there, there was always something. And so, she, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. I was going to say, and she's all that. Definitely, um, I, I posted about it on the Instagram not too long ago, and uh, it, it definitely seems to encapsulate the night the. This genre, everyone remembers. She's all that. It's on the top of a lot of people's list as far as teen comedies. Gentlemen, we have a winner. She's all that is America's number one comedy, and the critics love it too. The L.A. Times raves. It's a total delight that spans generations in its appeal. She's all that. Rated PG-13. Now playing everywhere. Well, it's Pygmalion. Pygmalion was a, a movie in the 30s. Was that the 30s? I think it was the 30s, where you know it was this. And, and My Fair Lady is a version of Pygmalion, too, yeah. where somebody just says, I can make something out of that person. Something out of you that. You want to bet? <laughs> yep. You want to bet? I can do it. I can make Rachel Lee Cook with glasses popular by removing the glasses and putting her in a hot dress. <laughs> right. Like, we were supposed to think when she's a nerd with glasses on that she's not attractive. It's so crazy. <laughs> and essentially, they turned that premise into a TV show. Uh, on TLC called What Not to Wear. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So but it's it's so funny how that like that trope shows up in so many movies though. I mean, even that Adam Sandler movie with Jennifer Aniston, where Jennifer Aniston is like his secretary and has glasses on, and then all of a sudden he like wants her to play his soon. Oh yeah, just ex. go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a remake of Cactus Flower. And he wants he wants her to play his like ex-wife and so she takes her glasses off and all of a sudden she's like amazingly hot. I mean, Jennifer Aniston 
with glasses right. was not attractive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Superman theory. Like, nobody can really tell when you have glasses on. Yeah. But, yeah, She's All That was definitely – I mean, I remember seeing it in the theater. Rachel Lee Cook was kind of in right in that uh, – that was, like, her hot spot. Um, but she was playing Lainey Boggs, who's kind of a nerdy, artsy, um, flies under the radar – uh, high school girl and Freddie Prince Jr. is the cool jock. Him and Paul Walker are best buds, and they're joking <laughs> around that they could get any girl and you know make her popular if they you know ask her out. So she kind of w- wanders into frame and like trips and falls, and the, and Paul Walker points at her and is like, "Oh yeah, you can you can do something with that." And Freddie Prince is like, "Oh man, really?" <laughs> and he's kind of runs with it. So that's the premise of the movie, and then her finding out that she was a bet and you know, they, they have already fallen in love. So then they have that falling out and eventually get back together. Kind of every romantic comedy does that, but uh, Matthew Lillard's in it too. Oh, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> and Anna Paquin's in it. Mm. Kieran Culkin. So it's got a big cast. Eldon Henson from the mighty Kieran Culkin was her little brother or something. Right. And I remember they sold it as like Usher was a big star in the movie too. <laughs> He's not. He's not a big star in the movie. He's in the movie, but he's not a big star. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, huge soundtrack too. The Rockefeller Skank was on it. <laughs> You'll have to remind me. How does that one go? <laughs> Rockefeller Skank. Yeah. What is that? You don't remember that one? No. Fat Boy Slim. Oh, okay. Come on, we used uh, yeah. to drive around with that. <laughs> that was one of your... Funk your, soul brother. Yeah, one of your jams you'd play. Oh, man. I wish we could get your 90s jam mixes back. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on my iPod still. Are you kidding me? I got Kiss Me on there. <laughs> oh, kiss me beneath the bedroom twilight. Is that how it goes? <laughs> yep. Oh, that? And and uh, friend of the show, uh, his favorite song, 66 by the Afghan Wigs. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> but, yeah, this is definitely another one where, you know, we're working at the movie theater and all these teen movies are hitting us in 99. I'm right in my uh, end of my junior year. You know, senior year is going to start up that fall. But um, I'm seeing every one of these teen movies for sure. And she's all that, you know, it had the big soundtrack and that became a big draw for a lot of these movies, just mm-hmm. as they were in the 80s. But it also uh, kind of begat the trend of like uh, hip and with it uh, titles for these teen movies, too, because you had She's All That and you had Whatever It Takes and Drive Me Crazy, Get Over It, Bring It On. Loser. Never been kissed. <laughs> Wasn't it nah. Drive Me Crazy? Didn't they basically title the movie based on a Britney Spears song? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that song Crazy by Britney Spears was the theme song to that movie. And they made, right. the, they made uh, Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier be in the video. <laughs> that's right. Oh, pre-Vinny Chase. Pre-Vinny Chase, I, I Adrian Grenier. Like, I feel like the movie theater played the Drive Me Crazy video like during the the like opening stuff before the movie starts like the i feel like i either like heard part the of the song. pre-show yeah yeah the pre-show stuff hmm. but that was that's 
that's a loser of a movie in my book. I was <laughs> I didn't make my list. Drive me crazy. Yeah. Adrian, Drive me crazy was was a loser of a movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a loser of a movie. It doesn't make my list of top teen movies. But it is a teen movie mm-hmm. from the '90s, and that's what we're talking about. So shut up. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart had a a bit part in Can't Hardly Wait, where she was running around with her yearbook. That's true. She did <laughs> trying to get it signed by everyone, and then here that's she right. pops up and Drive Me Crazy with a above the title role. And this is one of those stereotypical plots where they're neighbors and and she's a preppy senior mm. and and he's kind of like a isn't he like like a ne'er do well yeah like a but he's there. like really smart too Johnny Depp type yeah Adrian Grenier he's just never hits and... the mark with me even in Entourage I felt like he was like kind of the worst part of that show <laughs> oh you think so yeah, I, I know, liked Entourage I, I, and him I enjoyed Entourage but I never got the feeling that he he's he's not really good at like anger I just feel like he's kind of a wet rag on screen he doesn't do anything for me like as far as acting chops go but yeah, I mean, if we're going in order, you—I mean, we we're talking about January had she's all that. What would have been the next release that year? Actually, uh, she's all that came two weeks after Varsity Blues, and I think we need to talk about that one. Oh, Varsity Blues! That's... I don't want your life. <laughs> no, no, no! I don't want your life. You have to pause in the middle of it. Okay, okay. Because that's what he did. James Vanderbeek's big turn after Dawson's Creek. During Dawson's. Oh, Creek. Oh, it wasn't even done yet, huh? You're watching that crap, right? I'm still, I'm, I have been on season four for like two months. I can't get past it. I think <laughs> when I first posted that I started it, a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't make it past season three or season four. Like now I know why. It just goes drastically downhill at the end. I don't know if it picks up like in the last season, but I, I just can't get over this hump. But yeah, yeah this, and so this... we were like 90 seconds out from talking about Entourage. I felt the same way about that. Like, <laughs> I loved it so much until the last couple seasons, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? It was just so fun and cool. Like, I'll see these young guys like in Hollywood and get a glimpse at what maybe that Hollywood life is like, and how um, the cameos were kind of fun and quirky. But then, yeah, it was just it went on way too long. I, I don't think that I like the the directions the story was going. What was the problem with Dawson's Creek? Dawson's Creek right now is just, they got to a point where, I don't know, it's just so, it's kind of over the top serious and a little bit boring. Oh, very melodramatic then? Yeah, yeah. At first it was See, like, that's what I think Varsity Blues is kind of like. It's yeah. very melodramatic. Like, you're supposed to laugh at laugh at the big fat guy. Yeah, ha ha, he's fat and funny. And then he almost dies, has a heart attack, and you're supposed to be like, oh, poor fat guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, but. We, you can't do both. Yeah. And then, and then in the middle of it, you have like Ali Larder and a whipped cream bikini. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> what what high school is this, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Who got the whipped cream bikini in high school? <laughs> Come on. That was a little much, but yeah. And then they go to James the, Vanderbeek. I want your life. They go to the strip club, and their teacher is a dancer. Yeah. Again, what high school is this? <laughs> Texas high school football. <laughs> uh, one of those movies that definitely uh, taught you a lot of synonyms for penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pur- purple-headed yogurt slinger. <laughs> oh, God. How do you remember these things? 
I think I saw I, Varsity I, Blues in 99, and I haven't watched it since. Well, me too. Wow. Was Paul, uh, was Paul Walker in that movie? He was. Was he like the quarterback and then he gets hurt? And, um, yep, he gets hurt and then, yep, exactly. Basically the same thing that happens in Friday Night Lights, which I did watch Friday Night Lights. That's a great TV show. But that's show. another one that towards the end they start to lose some of the beginning characters you started with and it's just like, oh, is this over yet? Paul Walker kind of came to life in 99 because he had uh, Varsity Blues. She's all that. Uh, the Skulls was the next year. Mm, the so he, he he was pretty busy yeah. uh, filming a lot of crap. I mean, this, he was coming off Meet the Deals. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Point me in the direction of a podcast that brings up Meet the Deedles. He had a really good run there. Would you say like the first – what year was the first Fast and the Furious? 2001. Okay, so it wasn't even that long, and he dives into that, and he has a career run there. 2000. God, to think back how far that was. 2001. Vin Diesel wasn't wasn't old. First of all, <laughs> I mean he was he was older when they filmed it, but he looked like a kid if you watch that movie now. Yeah. Paul Walker looked the exact same all through the series. I can't believe those are still kind of. Just are had they a different done, are they done yet? I mean, now they have Hobbs and Shaw, but. Nope, that's a spinoff that takes place two years after Fate and the Furious. Is that the I last? I think they're going to try and make it to 10, but I don't know. It oh, seems like every, the, all those actors are just kind of fighting with each other now. Cause, oh, they are? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, wow. And Tyrese then, especially, he's throwing a, just a hissy fit about The Rock. and hmm. yeah, Taking over like the film? Um, Is he throwing a hissy fit because he's kind of taking a back seat now? Tyrese, no, it, The Rock wants to go film other movies, and, oh. and Tyrese wants to make more of these. Well, what do they need The Rock for? I mean, they brought him in, but they don't need to keep doing them with him. Just Well, he wanted to go make the Hobbs and Shaw movie, mm. and they wanted to make another Fast and Furious. And it's like, okay, The Rock makes like 17 movies just, a year. Just move on. They don't need Hobbs in every one of these now. Like, get over it. I don't know. I kind of like when they put every single person, every <laughs> one of them, and it just kind of snowballs and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I feel like they should have just stopped after they had Paul Walker CGI drive off into the sunset. Should have just been done with this franchise. But anyways, why are we talking about Fast and the Furious? Let's go back it's to Varsity Blues. Thought <laughs> you, my friend. God, what a cheesy song. <laughs> Were we talking about Varsity Blues? Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, that uh, that one had a big soundtrack too. So remember all, any I mean, songs from even, that? Even Can't Hardly Wait had a big soundtrack, but um, I think that was kind of a big deal of this time period is getting uh, top top hits, whatever genres you're looking for, on your soundtrack. It was kind of a draw for especially teen movies. I mean, we were all into the music, so. Um, Trying to think. As far I think as Varsity I actually Blues, had. I think I had the Varsity Blues soundtrack. I mean, they had Foo Fighters. My Hero was a big one. Mm -hmm. Green Days. Nice Guys Finish Last. Mm, okay. Collective Souls Run. <laughs> and Van Halen. Hot for Teacher. Hot for Teacher. Oh, that was a hot teacher. Fastball. Are you ready for the Fallout? Third Eye Blind. Simon Says. Third Eye Blind. I. I liked Third Eye Blind. 
in 97. I just saw Third Eye Blind, not just. I saw Third Eye Blind at, like, the street fair in Chicago, like, I don't know, maybe 2014. Were they doing Three Card Monty? 2014 or so. But oh, they were performing? Yeah, did, like, the all the hits. <laughs> Third Eye Blind's what? Uh, Stephen Jenkins, right? Like, Jumper and... Yeah. Yeah. Which is still, like, a... a Big suicide anthem. Yeah. Su- suicide prevention anthem. Yeah. Sorry, I should correct myself there. But yeah, the soundtracks were definitely a huge part of these films. I mean, maybe let's even go back here. I mean, Can't Hardly Wait had, of course, that title song, The Replacements, Can't Hardly Wait. Um, but I feel like they had Smash Mouth. Yeah, Can't Get Enough of You Baby. Ugh. Uh, Third Eye Blind Graduate, Damn It by Blink, 182. Uh, hit I'm, you loved Blink-182. My oh, God. I, did. I still like Blink-182. Uh, hit him with the he, Lil' Kim, Missy Elliott, and Momo. <laughs> <laughs> Flashlight by Parliament. Uh, High by Feeder. Tell me Flashlight. <laughs> I don't know who Black Lab is, but tell me what to say by Black Lab. Farther Down by Matthew Sweet. Um... Dog's Eye View by Umbrella and Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Paradise City <laughs> had a big uh, cameo in that film where, like, the band never plays at the party, that, and then the guy comes up with the boombox and he starts playing it, and Charlie Cosmo starts rocking out up on the stage. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, even Clu- even if you go back to Clueless, the soundtrack was a big part of Clueless too. I remember that being like. Everyone had to get the soundtrack. It had like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and um, God, I'm trying to think who else is on that. I was just looking at that the other day. Oh, the Muffs, Cracker, Counting Crows, Luscious Jackson, Radiohead, Beastie Boys, Coolio, Rolling with My Homies, mm-hmm. Rolling with My Homies, and uh, Supermodel. That was a big one on there. Wanna be a supermodel. But uh, yeah, that that was such. They, it encapsulates the time too so well. Like that's why these soundtracks were such a big deal. It did like all the songs that you want to hear at, at that year are hitting in this movie. So. Mhm. But well, so that's Varsity we? Blues. <laughs> <laughs> What is there more to say about Varsity Blues? <laughs> Whipped cream bikini mm. and stripper teacher. I bet she still hears about that whipped cream bikini like on her Instagram and stuff. Like that's all people remember. <laughs> Aw. So that came out before She's All That. What what was the next release of the year? After She's All That? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker, which we don't want to talk about because it sucks <laughs> <laughs> well after jawbreaker was cruel intentions but not really a, a comedy no, like an updating of uh dangerous liaisons going back to jawbreaker though rose mcgowan that was like her sweet spot i remember really enjoying rose mcgowan on screen um mm. that one also had a pretty decent soundtrack but yeah cruel intentions was a big release that everyone was talking about because it was so salacious and like lustful <laughs> there was a lot of dirt. a lot of heat and dirt in that movie 
weren't Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar supposed to be like stepbrother and sister? Yeah. And they're like flirting and it's all this sexual tension. And then yep. young angelic Reese Witherspoon coming in and getting corrupted it, it, by them. Yeah, it's another wager movie. Yeah. Where the sister, you know, makes a wager where uh, – he has to bang the headmaster's daughter mm. or something, something like that. Sarah Michelle Geller. That was her uh, hot spot right there too. 1998, 99, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. She was doing Buffy at that point or wasn't she? Was she doing Buffy at that point? Um, what years did Buffy run? I was kind of like, I started watching Buffy when it was in reruns. I didn't watch it at the time. 96 to 03. So, yeah, right in the middle of Buffy. 96? You're kidding me. Yeah. So, four years after the Buffy uh, movie, they started the TV show. Yeah, I guess so. And I think Joss Whedon wrote the original Buffy movie, right? And I think it just wasn't what he intended for Buffy once they once it got made. So he ended up doing the series. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of the story behind it. Because it was more like they made it into this rompy teen movie and he wanted a more dark, like a whole world based on Buffy, that genre kind of uh, story. And the movie just didn't accomplish that. I enjoyed that first Buffy movie, though. or that The Christy Buffy Swanson movie. one? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it, even though... It, it wasn't dark like the series, but I mean, you got Paul Rubens in there and he gets his arm cut off and he's like, ah, <laughs> remember that? He's like writhing around in pain. <laughs> and Rutger Howard's the bad guy. Yeah. God. Uh, the, what was the big song from cruel intentions? Do you remember? Oh man. You're going to go there. Bittersweet symphony. Yes. <laughs> it's a terrible song. Oh, that that um don't don't tell me yeah don't tell me uh, the verve yep <laughs> and then there was um the verve there was another band called the verve pipe and they sang maybe freshman freshman what yep. was that and there was uh, now I'm thinking of a different band like White Town or something had a guy or a, I couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl singing. That yes. Was, all these songs kind of blend together in my head. <laughs> White um, Town was your woman. Yeah, your woman. But Freshman is like, for the life of me, I cannot remember. <laughs> is that what it was? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, yeah, all those songs kind of blend together in my head. But that was Cruel Intentions, huh? Bittersweet Symphony. Yes. All right. Well, I don't know if there's terrible a... song, terrible movie. <laughs> terrible song, terrible movie. That was one that I think more. It may may not have been the demo, but I think more teenage girls got into Cruel Intentions. I don't. You know, I don't remember, but I don't think it was a very big hit. No. I, I don't think anybody went and saw it. <laughs> Nobody went and saw it. So much so that the dirtier, trashier sequels just went straight to DVD. <laughs> And there is a very good shower sequence in the second one. Oh, jeez. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. So when, when Twins. Did the, I'll when, leave it at that. And when did this stop? <laughs> when did that come out in 99? Um, 
early March. Early March. So what did that lead into? What was our next teen release? Uh, April had 10 Things I Hate About You. Daddy, now as you know, it's the prom. The only thing more difficult than taking out Bianca. New rule. Bianca can date. And she does. She's a mutant. What if she never dates? And you'll never date. Oh, I like that. He's finding someone with the courage to tame her sister. Hey! Me with my arm around you. You covered in my vomit. On March 31st. I've never seen you look so sexy. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. Stay cool, bro. Rated PG-13. Starts March 31st. Yeah, that, I can't skip over Ten Things I Hate About I You. I mean, that... that is the one that's battling in my head with Can't Hardly Wait, because I love that movie. Opened the same day as The Matrix. And that's a basically a Taming of the Shrew, right? Yeah. A retelling at a Seattle or Northwest Pacific Northwest High School. The, um, these Every single one of these movies, well, maybe not drive me crazy, but every single one of them is just an updated version of something from the past. Yeah. But I think they were doing it well. I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You is definitely, like, if you didn't know that, it would still, like, pulls off as an original movie that, you know, a lot of teens probably didn't know that at the time. I knew that, but I was also heavily into theater at that point. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you have Heath Ledger. You have Julia Stiles in her peak. You have, uh, what's that? what's that kid's name? Andrew Keegan? Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Keegan's Keegan. in it. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna screw up her name, Larissa Liniak. Oh, yeah. David Crumholtz. You got Larry Miller as the dad. Yeah, the girl who played Alex Mack was yeah. the the girl that was. She had to bug her sister Julia Stiles to uh, go on a date. Yeah, Larry find Miller. Love so that she could date. Larry Miller was the dad, and he was the overprotecting dad, and didn't want the younger one to go on dates unless. You know, the older one was going to start dating as well for some reason. Then it was okay that, you know, maybe she could be out there protecting her sister. I don't know what the point of that was. But, um, yeah, she has to get her to go out with someone in order for her to go on dates. But, man, Heath Ledger, this is kind of – was this our first, like, fi film seeing Heath Ledger? Unless you saw maybe some smaller roles he would have done. Well, he was Australian, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm sure he had roles before Ten Things, but he had a couple of things, a couple of TV shows. That was it. Okay. But Ten Things is definitely his um, American debut, and, and the ladies loved him. What a splash he made! Mm -hmm. And then a Joseph, a young Joseph Golden Levitt, of course, who, in my head, just morphed into Heath Ledger over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, true. I mean, they look like they could be brothers, and then now he just sounds like Heath Ledger sounded at that point in time. So, I don't know. But uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is another one with a uh, pretty solid soundtrack. There's a good amount of like ska music, which was totally in at that point. But one week was on there, wasn't it? Oh, are you serious? We got some a little bare naked ladies. Naked ladies on there. See, not just Cruel Intentions too. Oh, that was different. Bare naked ladies. <laughs> Word Up by Cameo, 80s classic. Atomic Dog, that's an 80s song too, right? Or is that 70s? I don't know. Push It, nothing really new. Hypnotize. Joan Jett. Well, they had the um, 
Cruel to be kind. Cruel to be kind. By letters to Cleo. By letters to Cleo, yeah. And I think wasn't Save Ferris in this movie? Yeah. Save Ferris. I can't stop. And I, I know. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to want me. Yeah. So they got some throwbacks, some Joan Jet. They also had some newer acts in the movie. Um and 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 just like clueless very quotable i mm. i love okay we talk about the goldbergs every episode mm. the goldbergs has some really weird dialogue between the characters yeah and i feel like this movie is exactly like that where they just say the weirdest stuff to each other nobody reacts yeah i can see that i haven't watched 10 things i hate about you in probably a couple of years i need to revisit it cuz um it's definitely one of my favorites at the time but off my head, I'm not remembering uh, any key moments in the movie. I have to revisit this one. I also feel like this was kind of like like a very dirty PG-13. Like you didn't really hear a lot of uh, teen movies where somebody goes, "I have a dick on my face," don't I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get it's a dick drawn on his face while he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's the big uh, quintessential party that Julia Stiles ends up getting drunk and dancing on a table. And wasn't the whole thing is, like, she's kind of a senior or so, but in her younger years, like, there's, like, these rumors. You know, she was, like, partying as a freshman and stuff, and they were there were, like, rumors of, um, like, her being easy or, like, guys taking advantage of her back then, which is why she's kind of, like, more hard-edged and standoffish and doesn't really do anything at this point she kind of like closed herself off to that lifestyle of like running around and partying yeah you got that me. was an underlying theme in that movie um and then of course she's always fighting with andrew keegan <laughs> and he's a, a model in the movie right um, punches, she it would him. make sense because he's kind of. <laughs> she punches him in the nose and he's like, "I have a nose spray ad tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> I like when the teacher in that movie calls him Chachi. It's like pipe down Chachi. <laughs> yeah, pipe down Chachi. I still say that. I still say pipe down Chachi. <laughs> the guy that played the teacher actually, I think, was in a motorcycle accident. He's in a wheelchair now. No kidding. Yeah. I think that really? A while ago, maybe not long after this movie, I think. Daryl Mitchell? Yeah. Oh, bummer, man. He's funny. Yeah, I think he still acts, but yeah, I think he's in a wheelchair. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Heath Ledger had a great turn in this movie. Um, taking it kind of outside of just like a romantic comedy, he was really likable and kind of a funny edge to him. And yeah, of course the ladies loved him, but. An unsung hero of mine is David Crumholtz. I love that guy in anything he does. Oh, he's great in uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dancing around in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be a lady, lady. tonight. <laughs> yeah. Kind of came out and that was one of the first roles I think I remember him seeing. In this. That's kind of an indie teen movie. Yeah. I, I really like Slums of Beverly Hills. People should check that movie out. Yeah, definitely one if you haven't seen it put it on your list um natasha leone's kind of her breakout role in that movie what it's not Wee's playhouse <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was a kid in that show right she was a kid in the very first episode oh that's funny 
Her and uh, the guy uh, from uh, the guy that's in trouble from the the Mighty Ducks. Goldberg, oh, the, Goldberg. the the goalie. Sean Weiss. Yep. Wow. It was the two of them. Talk about Mighty Ducks. There's a bunch of reunions going on now, um, which is kind of cool. The Anaheim Ducks were bringing the Mighty Ducks together, and they uh, did some fun videos. And Keenan Thompson did a commercial for Knuckle Puck. <laughs> Speaking of commercials. If you're looking to expand your wardrobe with some 90s-inspired apparel, then check out our friends at Time Warp Junkie. These guys offer sweet throwback clothing, accessories, and home decor. And just for being a listener of Oh, I Had That, they are offering 20% off your entire order if you use coupon code HADTHAT20. That's HADTHAT20. You can even use that 20% off on your first order of their monthly Fresh Find subscription service. It automatically sends you a radical t-shirt and accessory once a month. Check them out at timewarpjunkie.com. And don't forget that code, HADTHAT20. Once again, that's timewarpjunkie.com. Use the code HADTHAT20. So after 10 Things I Hate About You, in fact, just just the following week, uh, guess what came out? Ooh, I don't know. This should be easy for you because you have a serious crush. On uh, Drew Barrymore. Josie Geller, you enroll in high school. On Friday. Do you remember high school? At a special sneak preview. You get to be 17 again. Drew Barrymore is getting a second chance. What's up, girlfriends? To make a first impression. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. Never been kissed. I'm so cool. Rated PG-13. Special sneak preview Friday. Check newspapers. Oh, never been kissed. Never been kissed. We get to see her talk out of the side of her mouth. Aw. <laughs> she never does that, yeah, does well, she? Sure, okay. <laughs> oh, is that the movie? Sad. Oh, Drew Barrymore. She was very adorable at this age. She's still beautiful. I still like Drew Barrymore. I'm just saying adorable. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason not to like Drew Barrymore anymore. She was adorable. She was very adorable at this age. Adorable. She's just a a couple of years older than me. And you you always got that feeling that she was, like, kind of carefree and reckless, and she'd show you a good time. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, never been up to now? Oh, the Santa Clarita Diet. That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for that to come back. I, I enjoy that show. Yeah? You seen it? Yeah, it's had a couple of seasons already. Um, basically kind of like she's turning into a zombie and they're trying to find a way to like... Yeah, it's a comedy, right? Cure her, yeah. With Timothy Oliphant, who the is Oliphant. always amazing. I love that guy. <laughs> I don't know if he's always amazing. <laughs> there was a point in maybe in like the early 2000s where I was like, I think I've seen enough of this guy. But yeah, he's definitely turned around. I liked him on The Office. I like him even more in real life. He's just so... F- He's just like got this dry wit. Whenever he's on Conan and stuff, he's always giving Conan shit, and I love it. Um, but yeah, so never been kissed comes out in April of '99. We get Drew Barrymore as Josie Geller, who's a newspaper reporter for the Chicago Sun Times, maybe a junior junior copywriter trying to get her big break. And um, it comes up that they want someone to go undercover with in a high school, all at 21 Jump Street, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so she's trying to get the scoop on uh, what the what the kids are up to, or get some juicy gossip, or something that they could write about. 
uh, do an expose. So they send her inside. She's it's, inside it's essentially what Cameron Crowe did when he wrote uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. He, he did? He, he went he, undercover at a high school? Yeah, he infiltrated a high school, and then really? all of those characters are based on actual people. I did not know that. Yeah. That's funny. That guy has such a weird life, and like, isn't Almost Famous basically based on him having a run with Rolling Stone when he was young? Yes. Jeez. This dude got, got around. Um, but never been kissed. So Josie Geller, of course, she's in high school. She she loves the idea of going back and getting to redo high school um, as an adult because she feels like she won't be the outcast uh, nerd like that she was in high school, which kind of backfires because when she first shows up at the high school now as an adult, she's still the nerd. <laughs> But uh, yes. there's flashbacks of her, you know, braces and just trying to make Drew Barrymore unattractive on film. And they call her Josie Grossy and, you know, people are embarrassing her and bullying her. And she has all these emotional flashbacks in the film. But we get to see her make friends with some other nerds uh, led by Lily Sobieski. Um, they're kind of like the math nerds. And uh, her brother in the movie is none other than David Arquette. <laughs> we see rocking out like a trying to be a young Tom Cruise in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing you say Josie Grossy makes me think of Wedding Singer with Julia Gulia. Oh, Julia Gulia. Did you ever call uh, your sister that? No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is in this movie? John C. Riley's in it. Molly Shannon's yeah, in it. John C. Riley and Molly Shannon is kind of like an oversexed. Octavia friend. Spencer's in it. <laughs> Yeah, she's like a random employee at the newspaper. I noticed that the last it was on TV not too long ago. Hmm. Um. Another another person he played like kind of like a aloof, cocky young uh like executive assistant was Sean Whalen. You remember Sean Whalen? Um. He was all hmm. over the place back then. Uh, people under the stairs, jury duty. Yeah, he, he's kind of a goofy-looking guy, right? He the, was in Twister. The peanut butter commercial. The Aaron Burr one? Yes. Is that him? <laughs> yeah, <it's> okay. Him. <laughs> yeah, I remember him from Twister mostly. Yeah, he was all over the place. But... And Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, if I can pronounce his name, yep. he was in Twister too. Oh, Dusty. Man. Yep. Oh, R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. But yeah, Never Been Kissed, this is a good movie too. I think this is underrated. Um... I'd probably it probably make my top five. So we got Can't Hardly Wait. Top five of that week? No, of teen movies of this genre. We got Can't really Wait, top five. Ten things. She's all that. You know who else was in this? Is Jessica Alba. Oh, Jessica Alba. Yep, she played one of the uh, popular girls that she kind of like falls in with. And Marley Shelton. So yeah. Wendy Peppercorn, right? I had a little crush on her too, and not from the Sandlot. Actually, from uh, this era, <laughs> she was also in. Uh, well, she was in Sugar and Spice. What was the horror movie she was in? Oh, uh, what was it? Valentine. Valentine. God, what a turd! <laughs> was that the one where the killer was kind of wearing like a Cupid mask? Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> You're like what a turd. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Gary Marshall is like the head at the newspaper in this movie. Gary Marshall. 
So yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. I don't know. It's definitely it's getting close. If it's not top five, it's number six, because it's worth a rewatch. <laughs> okay. It was it's on in your t- top six. It was on t- it was on TV not too long ago, and I was actually pulled in again. It's it's a decent film. So if you're if you're ranking your teen movies, it's it's getting close. There's one that we haven't talked about that definitely makes my top five. So it might squeak it out, but. I wonder if this movie's on Blu-ray. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I saw this movie at a uh, sneak preview. Probably around the time that I saw 10 Things. Might have been the same weekend. I won't even lie. I had the poster for Never Been Kissed in my room. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of free movie posters working at the theater. (laughs) That's true. I got the banner. Had an adorable Drew Barrymore on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it is on Blu-ray. The funny thing is, like, she gets to go back to high school, and then all of a sudden, she needs help to get popular. So her brother shows up and enrolls as a student because he's able to make an ID at his photocopy job that he works. I think it was, like, the Tiki Hut copy service or something like that. (laughs) And there's, like, no legit paperwork anyone needs to be able to enroll as a student. All of a sudden, as, like, a 20-something, you're just, like, Able to get into high school and nobody's questioning anything. <laughs> <laughs> Could never be made today. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen Never Been Kissed. Just uh, rent it or find it on Blu-ray. It's probably pretty cheap. But So that was April of 99. We're kind of <clears throat> getting towards summer releases. So what's up next on this 99 run here? Oh, boy. Looking, looking, looking. Well, you mentioned Idle Hands, but that's not really a, not really a teen movie. Um, was there a soundtrack for that movie, by the way? For While I'm Looking? Kissed? Yeah. Um, I don't know that it was one that stood out like those previous. Yeah, I didn't think so either. It did have, wow, Jimmy World before they really hit it. Uh, oh, that's your boys. My boys. Never You Mind, Semisonic. Um, I don't really... There's a John Lennon song, a Smith song, the Beach Boys. Yeah. Wasn't anything too stand out on this one, but... No, you're right. Like a prayer. Like a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) So April 99, probably. Was there anything in May? Not really much until American Pie in, in July. American Pie. So that's the one. And American Pie was kind of like a, a return to the early 80s Porky's era of yeah. just filthy, you know, kids actually say the F word kind of. Um, they're all trying to get laid. It's yeah, a total yeah. sex romp. Yeah. Exactly. But the, the studios to that point weren't. Um, they were, it sounds like they were kind of afraid to do that again. Cause I, I even saw going back to can't hardly wait. I saw Peter Facinelli, uh, talking about how can't hardly wait was going to be R rated. And they had a lot of like more kids looking drunk or on like ecstasy and things that would have made it an R, but the studio wanted all that cut and pulled back, um, to get like the PG 13 that I believe it, um, was released as because they weren't they didn't think an R-rated teen comedy would do well. And that was 98. So 99, no, now now the studios aren't afraid, and they're putting this out, and it actually 
It does real well. I remember it being quite the hit. Oh, yeah. It was huge. Um, I mean, we worked at the theater. We had kids sneaking into it. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get 15-year-olds out of there. But, yeah, I mean, you have... It always sucked kicking kids out when yeah. you knew that, like, two years earlier you were that kid. <laughs> yeah. Trying to uphold the law as the the theater usher in little bow tie. Yeah. But American Pie had Jason Biggs. This is oh, this his, had a huge cast. His breakout role. You got Tara Reed, Sean William Scott, Allison Hannigan, Chris Klein, Eugene Levy. Um, first time we kind of see Eddie K. Thomas. But uh, we have Mina Suvari, Thomas Ian Nicholas. Thomas Ian Nicholas, who... You know, people would have known from Rookie of the Year, um, mm -hmm. Kid in King Arthur's Court, um, kind of some run there as like uh, roles when he was younger, and then he pops up in American Pie. So, um, Shannon Elizabeth, this is probably her first uh, time on the big screen that we would remember her from. Oh my and then God. Jennifer Coolidge, of course, Stifler's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you said, oh, my God, Shannon Elizabeth. That was, like, her her peak moment, and then it was like, well, where'd Shannon Elizabeth go? <laughs> um, But, yeah, you got – this one has some good quotable lines, too. Like, hey, Stifler, how's the pale ale? <laughs> <laughs> Stifler is just a human punching bag in these movies. Um, Stifler was always the most memorable character, for sure. Mm. And, unfortunately, they kind of – ruined that uh by the third one he was just so obnoxious, so obnoxious that he, was, he yeah. wasn't a, a appealing anymore he so. was just irritating they did dial it back finally yeah. uh with the american reunion because well, they're was, all just variations of the same exact I mean, plot what was happening american pie american 2 was american pie 2 was where College. they were renting the summer cabin right and then, mm -hmm. and then there was american wedding yep an American reunion. Yes. Okay. And then there was a lot of uh, oh, uh, yeah. straight Eugene to Levy, video. Eugene Levy starred in all of them. <laughs> the, yeah, the, like Stifler's brother had his own movie, and <laughs> there was Bandcamp, there was Beta House, there was Naked Mile. God, what what else was there? That's not you... the, the Book of Love. I, don't I know rented how... them all, man. <laughs> rented them all. And they're not bad movies. They're not terrible movies. Um, they do definitely, they, they, every single one of them definitely has, you know, nudity and whatnot. I don't know how Eugene Levy found the time to do all those movies. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just a day or two of shooting. All of them, yeah. Um, but yeah. Also, he doesn't have a name. He's just Jim's dad. <laughs> Jim's dad. He's, uh, Mr. Levenstein in American Pie. Um, okay. but yeah, this, this was a, this was a hilarious movie. I, I mean, seeing it as a. You know, junior or senior in high school, I was laughing. Yeah, I was nineteen. Yeah, seeing uh Jim and his struggles to you know get laid for the first time, and Shannon Elizabeth stripping in his bedroom, and he has the webcam on, and he didn't know that it was going to the, like the whole school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's some good moments. I mean, I never got the whole Mina Suvari thing. Like, I just didn't. Didn't find her appealing at all. Sad. Yeah, I don't know. I just ne never liked her on screen. Her and Chris Klein, I, I could have done without that whole story. 
Um, this one had a soundtrack for sure. Oh my um, god, yeah. For sure. I know Blink-182 was even in the movie. Um, so they're going to be on the soundtrack. So yeah, it's uh, New Girl with Third Eye Blind, You Wanted More by Tonic, mm-hmm. Mutt by Blink-182, Glory. I can't hear You Wanted More without thinking about American Pie. <laughs> Glory by Sugar Ray, Super Down by Super Transatlantic, Dishwalla, wow, Find Your Way Back Home, Good Morning Baby by Bick Runga and Dan Wilson. Not sure about that one. Stranger- Dishwalla wasn't just a one-hit wonder. <laughs> Counting blue cars. That was a yeah, good song. They're, they're popping up on this one too. Celebrity the rest by Hole. Yeah, well, that was on there. Did um, you see that one? Everclear. I mean, this is like the soundtrack to the late '90s, not just American Pie. Flagpole Sitta. You're seeing these on the American Pie soundtrack. This is not. That's not the soundtrack I'm looking at right now. Yeah. What the heck? This is giving me something. I mean, maybe maybe it wasn't the soundtrack, but these are the songs song, in the movie. Songs in the movie, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Flagpole Sitta, that's a jam. Yeah, that was disturbing behavior the year before. Mm. But yeah, the the soundtrack doesn't have all the songs you're naming, so lot, hmm. they do that a lot though. The movies will have some great some jams in it, and then they can't afford to put it on the soundtrack just in the movie. Right. <laughs> I hate the opposite where they, they put out a soundtrack that doesn't have any songs in the movie. Oh, Bat yeah. dance. <laughs> Bat dance. Oh, like, wait talking. a minute. This wasn't in the movie. Why is this on the soundtrack? Let's not Stupid. talk about Bat dance. <laughs> I love Bat dance at nine years old. <laughs> but not at ten. Not at ten. It was over. <laughs> Yeah, but American Pie it definitely it was a block it was a blockbuster that summer. It, yeah, it made over a hundred million dollars. Wow, which is insane. I mean, the guy fucks a pie. What more do you want? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's happening after American Pie? How do you live? How do you close out the year and be a teen movie and? top that i mean you might as well have been like let's go straight to video at that point (laughs) (laughs) can't really top that i mean we did talk a little bit about drive me crazy um drop dead gorgeous is kind of a teen movie Mm. it's more like a like a like one of those fake documentaries that they kept putting out like uh i don't know like a kind of a waiting for guffman kind of thing wasn't it about like beauty pageants yeah and it was filmed in minnesota okay yep um it's kind of funny. I like it. You know, there's a movie that I don't know if I'd call it a teen movie. It was more like for stoner dudes, but it was Detroit Rock City. Yeah, that was also 99. I loved that movie when it came out. It was, it was supposed to be like in the 70s or trying to get to a kid's kiss concert. Yep. Kind of like a, a romp through the city where they all like. Yeah, it's kind of like Harold and Kumar where it's just like one thing leads to another. Yeah, they're all kind of they end up splitting up and they all have these tiny adventures to end up uh, reuniting at, you know, the concert trying to get into that show. So I thought that was, that was a good movie. I think it's worth a mention. And as far as teen comedies, I think it was geared more towards a younger crowd. So, um, yeah. of course, Eddie Furlong, Eddie, Furlong. Sam Huntington. Oh my God. Eddie Furlong. 
James DeBello. What James happened DeBello, to him? DeBello, where'd he go? He was in American Pie for a second. He was one, yes, of, the, he was. one of the dudes watching the webcam show. <laughs> he was. He was enthusiastic guy. <laughs> enthusiastic guy. Uh, how about um, another Natasha Leone, uh, But I'm a Cheerleader, which is another mm. indie that people might not know. Um, yes. But she's like high school aged, I believe, and uh, thinking she's a lesbian and her parents send her away to like a, a camp Re- that like can a rehab, rehab camp, you yeah. from being gay. <laughs> a rehab camp run by uh, RuPaul, not in drag. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Michelle Williams is in that one. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty Kathy funny. Moriarty. Pretty funny. And Clea movie. Duvall. Clea Duvall was in a lot of these movies too. Yeah, Clea like Duvall she was, was in Can't Hardly she, Wait at the party. Yep, um, she's in the faculty. faculty. She she was, a, I was just kind of always in the background, like a, like a lesser character. Yeah, totally. I think yeah. uh, she's all that. She was also in that one. I think Seth Green like walks up to her and hits on her at the party and Can't Hardly Wait. She just kind of says like a line or two and then is out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Clea Duvall. I th- I feel like she made more of an impression in like Girl Interrupted, mm. and uh, Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Later on in her I career, she but was then a she larger just larger part in the faculty though. I mean. That oh was yeah, the faculty for sure. Yeah. More an ensemble cast. But... It it was yeah like pretty much everybody got to do it was a, mostly an Elijah Wood, uh, movie right. Yeah, which is like... not a bad movie. I think people should go back and watch it. I actually enjoy it kind of a weird like you're in a high school and then all of a sudden you find out that the the adults have been invaded by like aliens like it's body, a body, body snatcher, body snatcher movie, movie. Mm-hmm. with yeah. usher josh hartnett uh some really gross special effects too yeah. yuck another honorable mention of 99 one of our favorites election oh yeah we went back to our house for a fucking hot tub <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a movie where I le- I enjoyed Chris Klein because his dry, like, kind of like monotone sensibility was great for that character. He's like aloof and didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, when when cast well, just like Chris Klein is essentially uh, a, like a younger Keanu Reeves. Mm, yeah. Except more, maybe more like a jock kind mm-hmm. of guy. Yeah, I could see that. That, and he was really if cast somebody cast them as brothers, I'd believe it. Oh, totally. Yeah, he was good in this movie. And then that movie with um, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Just Friends. I, I really liked him in that role where he was kind of like the doofy, oh, yeah. the doofy well, guy. Well, he was kind of playing against type in that yeah. one. I thought he was good in that movie, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Election has Reese Witherspoon, Matthew Broderick, Chris Klein. Um it's just a funny, like, Alexander Payne actually directed it, correct? Did he write it? Um, Screenplay, Alexander Payne, yeah. So it's like this dry movie about a high school election, a high school, like, um, student council election, and Reese Witherspoon is, like, an overachieving a know-it-all running for class president, and she thinks she's a shoe-in, but then... Um, I, I believe Chris Klein or his sister like run against her. Maybe Chris Klein. And there's a whole like. Kind yeah, of and, bad, and Matthew Broderick's like a, a teacher who can't stand her. Yeah, and he's like stuck in the middle and kind of the guy who, if anything, if I would describe it, he's kind of like the Larry David where he can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Where he's always like you're kind of like oh it's so awkward and you're feeling for him the whole time. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a great movie. If you haven't seen that, I'd definitely say add it to the list. Must must watches from this. And I would call it, it a teen movie. I mean, it takes place in high school, but and then you can uh, you can go through uh, Alexander Payne's other movies like Sideways and About Schmidt. Oh God, Sideways. I love Sideways. Sideways so is one good. of my favorites. So good. I love um, Thomas Thomas Hayden Church in that movie. So great. <laughs> yeah, I I like the I just like the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that ninety nine was such a big year for, you know, movies geared towards a teen crowd. Um, and then I know it's not nineties We're t- we mainly wanted to touch on what came out in the nineties, but 2000 was a huge year too. I think 2000 was kind of like a reaction to what had just happened, uh, with, with the amount of money that teenagers were spending yeah. going to the movies because up until that point, you know, there was no drop your teens off at the movie theater kind of date movies. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was just this, giant deluge of them oh you got Uh, um bring it on whatever it takes loser boys and girls down to you yeah sugar and spice get over it the year after and then it did trickle on all through the 2000s you had mean girls you had uh, a couple of amanda Bynes movies that she's the man and oh uh, yeah she's the man uh mean girls also is like I would throw it. I would throw it back to those '90s teen movies and put it in that list of top teen movies. I'd have to remove the '90s and just say top teen movies, and that definitely make the top ten. Mean Girls might be in a battle with just because it's so funny. That screenplay is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, be in a battle with the top for the top spot in my book. But another movie where everybody talks weird. Yeah. <laughs> Easy A is another good example of a, a teen movie where everybody is just mm-hmm. kind of talking and that, that very weird dialogue. Um, occasionally, even though it's funny, I do have kind of like a – I, I kind of like distance myself going, why is everybody talking the exact same though? Oh, like, yeah. you know, that 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 kind of bugs me a little bit. Maybe I'm just look, reading too much into it, but I, I do kind of like – wonder why is that person talking exactly like that person and that man person? you should watch dawson's creek because that that show is oh totally well like... yeah well kevin williamson wrote that and... <laughs> that show is totally like kids don't talk like this <laughs> scream was one of those movies too where every single character talked the exact same it was all knowing pop culture references and, yeah. and every, everybody understood every single thing everybody said mm-hmm. even the movie nerd who I mean, he was making references nobody would know, and every single person knew what he was talking about. He's basically if uh, Dawson from Dawson's Creek was in a horror movie. It's like the same know-it-all movie nerd. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, definitely, like you said, was just a reaction to what was going on in the late '90s and '99, and uh, it was like a, I, I'd say it was kind of like the peak of the mountain for like. A mo- like kind of attending movies as a teenager because I think it kind of started as technology advanced going into the 2000s like the point they're at now is like um, I mean I have a niece who's teenage age she's graduating this year and you know she would say why would I want to go to a movie I have so many other things I can do with my time like high school kids just don't see the appeal really as much as you know it was back you know when we were in high school that's just different times they can see everything so quickly now at home and 
It's just not it's not the same to spend that money and go to the cinema, so mm-hmm. I think it was definitely just a really good time for this type of genre and for that demographic going to this well i think most people just kind of burnt out on them too yeah you still occasionally will get teen movies in theaters the duff was a recent example yeah uh vampire academy but i think mostly it's kind of moved on to like teenage melodrama where it's like twilight knockoffs and i mean since since these things kind of died off kids have moved on to like I don't know, like Harry Potter and stuff where they've kind of elevated themselves above these yeah. date, date movies where it's like teens aren't seeing those movies anymore, so you don't need to make them. Yeah, you don't see them made as much as this time period for sure. But having said that, I'm glad we were the right age when, when they were coming out. Yeah. I mean, even a movie like Loser, which was kind of a dud and I don't think anyone went and saw it, I enjoyed Loser. Did you? I mean, you could turn that down a scotch. That's a line. <laughs> what the hell is a scotch? It's got nice some... hat. Did the producers <laughs> of Fargo have a garage sale? <laughs> it's got some good lines in it. I mean, you got um, Jimmy Simpson and Zach Orth and uh, Thomas Sadowski all playing like these snarky, like hip college dudes that he has to room with and they just hate him. <laughs> What's Jason. the big song in Loser? Oh, come on. Weedus. Oh, Teenage Dirtbag. Teenage yes. Dirtbag, yeah. <laughs> How did I blink on that? I still rock out to Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> Her oh. name is Noel. <laughs> Weedus. They were in, they were in the video, too. Jason Biggs and Jason Mies Biggs Safari. and Misavari? Yeah. I remember uh, was Greg Kinnear was just an asshole in that movie, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was like the professor, and Mina Savari was like his TA, and they were they had a relationship, and he was just kind of a jerk. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's uh, July two thousand, so they were still pumping out these movies in the two thousands. I mean, you you seem to even when we talked about talking about this you were like oh what about whatever it takes and i'm like what the hell is whatever it takes (laughs) (laughs) and whatever it takes kind of came out at the tail end of of the 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 hip titled uh teen movie culture yeah there's nobody memorable in that movie i mean james franco's the only one that stands out when i look at the poster but I do remember Marlo Sokoloff and ha- thinking she was so cute and having a crush on her. But yeah. Where did she go? Um, she's still around. She was she was she was uh, a little kid. She was like one of the little foils of Stephanie Tanner on uh, Full House. So she's in Fuller House. Oh, really? She's wow. in like eight episodes of that as Gia. I can't believe that's still going. It's not. They're I think d- they have, they have one. One more season. Oh, okay. And I think they've already filmed it all, so... Man, they went on for five seasons or something, right? I don't even know how many, but... I only watched the first season and not even all of it, so... I watched, like, one and a half episodes, and I threw in the towel. (laughs) I couldn't do it. That's why it's tough to, like, argue that, you know, friends should come back, the office should come back. Yeah, yeah. Will and Grace didn't have any kids, you know? yeah. They they were always adults. I think Seinfeld could come back. I mean, friends friends were always adults. 
friends. Well, no, because they had kids and stuff. Oh, you mean they then had kids. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard to do that. Seinfeld, they were always like no kid, single adults. So, that, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Seinfeld should come back just to right the wrong that was the finale. <laughs> uh, I just don't know if uh, uh, Kramer oh God. Could, could, could live down. Yeah. What happened? They'd you know, it was a. It's been a long time. Let's be honest. They'd but have to I, be like Kramer uh, drove off a cliff and. <laughs> yeah, you you couldn't do it without him. Give him some wacky death. Um. No. So yeah, I mean we that we talked a lot longer than I thought we would talk about teen movies. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. Because <laughs> neither of us has really watched any of these in a while. I mean, other than seeing clips here and there, you know, can't hardly wait. Maybe might be the only one that I've recently watched. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, able to remember key plot points and characters. So I was surprised there, but yeah, yeah. successful podcast, sir. <laughs> Memory is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Especially but, mine. They're going to put it in a jar. I mean, this is a good, this is a good tie in for, I think where we're going to go next. Cause I think where we're going to have to go next is to talk about the mall. Yeah. I think it's time we talk about the mall. I don't think we've got there yet and it's well overdue. Yes, we're going to do that in two weeks. So two weeks, please tune in again, download, subscribe. You can find us on Acre, or excuse me, you can find us on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, soon Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Um, but please leave a rate and review. And and definitely check out TimeWarpJunkie.com. Seriously, our, our first and wonderful sponsor, TimeWarpJunkie.com. You can use our promo code HADTHAT20 to get 20% off your order. Um, it's a great nostalgic uh, trip just to go to their website and see the the T-shirts and other uh, accessories and decor that they have for sale on there. So this is the Oh, I Had That podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse.